said to Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, when you are turned round, strengthen your brethren. And Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before you have thrice denied that you ever knew me. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. As you listen, you can expect the Word of the Living God to encourage, challenge, and comfort you. We live in difficult times, but we can expect our God to provide answers to the big questions in your life through His Word. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast resumes our study in Luke chapter 22, verses 31 through 34. We read of the conversation between Jesus and Peter. Jesus informs Peter of Satan's demand to sift Peter like wheat. Dr. Mitchell brings out the fact that the devil cannot do anything to a believer apart from God's permission and God's limits. Now read chapters 1 and 2 of Job to see this truth in action. Then our Lord assures Peter that he has prayed for him that his faith would not fail. Dr. Mitchell shared these scriptures John chapter 17, verse 9, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Jesus, our Lord, prays for the believer. And his intercession for each one of us who have trusted in him ensures that our faith will not fail. So we will continue by faith in his salvation on our behalf. Here is Dr. Mitchell, Luke chapter 22, verse 31. It is with real joy that I come to you again today knowing that many of your hearts are hungry and yearning for the things of Christ. And it does give me joy to come again to the gospel through Luke and and find out something about the wonders of the character and life of our Savior, especially as now he is facing crucifixion. We're in the 22nd chapter of the gospel through Luke. And now we take the steps leading toward is being judged by the political uh, group and then by the religious group and by the worldly group and eventually crucified. And we come down to chapter 22, starting at verse 31. We've been dealing in the chapter with the, the, the decision of the rulers to kill the Savior and then the, uh, the, manif- the, the revelation of who the betrayer was in Judas Iscariot and then of how the Lord gave them this great remembrance to remember him until he should return. We had to remember his death, as Corinthians says, until he returns. And then we have the Lord rebuking them in their pride 
in calling them to the separation unto a service for God, and then encourage them with the hope that when he returns, they're going to be ruling over uh, the 12 tribes of Israel. And again, I remind you that humility is the sign of greatness in the kingdom of God manifested in service and obedience to him. Now we come to another uh, truth that I want to bring to your heart today from verse 31. And instead of me going right through verse by verse, I would like to take up this question of the downfall of Peter. And allow me to read from verses 31 to 34. And then I'm going to pick up verses. You'll see what I'm going to do with respect to Peter's downfall. The Lord turned, you remember, and he said to Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, when you are turned round, strengthen your brethren. And Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before you have thrice denied that you ever knew me. Now let me just stop here. Here you have Peter, the beginning of Peter's downfall. And before I take it up, may I remind you that while Peter uh, is going to be tested and tried and we find failure, remember the Lord says, I have prayed for you. Let me just, first of all, come to these verses in verses 31 and 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you're turned round, strengthen your brethren. Now, will you please notice that Satan asked for Peter. Satan has desired to have you to sift you as wheat. Satan can't do anything with Peter without he gets God's permission. Peter, Satan wants you, but I have prayed for you that your faith won't fail. I want you to get the certainty, the certainty of two things, the certainty of Peter being tested and tried and failure, and then the certainty of his resurrection. You remember in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, uh, we read, Wherefore he is able to save to the uttermost, or save perfectly all those who come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. In Hebrews 2.18, In that he himself hath suffered, he is able to succor them that are tested. If you take Romans chapter 5, and especially verse 10, If when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled we shall be saved by his life, that is, his present life in glory, as he represents us and prays for us. In John 17, verses 9 to 11, our Lord could say, I pray not for the world, but for those whom thou hast given to me out of the world that were yours, and you gave them to me, etc. You see, Satan wanted Peter. But I'm repeating this. I want you to get what I'm after. Satan cannot do anything with any of God's people 
without the permission of God. And if God permits it, it's because God has a purpose in it. Satan is limited in what he can do. And I want you to, to be encouraged, Christian friend. Just as the Lord Jesus said, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. I want you to mark, because of the intercession of the Lord Jesus Christ, your faith will not fail. And your love may not fail. But Peter failed. And you and I fail. But his love will shout change around. Our faith and our love for the Savior doesn't fail us. It's we in the flesh that fail. Peter did. And let's look at it for a few moments. And I want to go, I want to go slowly down and show the steps down of Peter. Now remember what the Lord has said. Satan wants you. He wants to sift you as wheat. Now what do you sift wheat for? To get rid of chaff. To get rid of chaff. There's some chaff in Peter. The Lord's going to use him on the day of Pentecost. He's going to be the leading man in bringing thousands to Christ. But he's not ready for it. He's got to be sifted. There's, there's something he's got to be sifted of. I wonder what it is. And we'll find out. We'll find out. Satan wants to sift you, but I have prayed for you, and he never gets tired praying for us. And I'm praying that your faith won't fail. And his faith didn't fail. Peter failed. Faith didn't fail. Otherwise, the prayers of Christ are no good. And when you turned around, this man who's going to fail, the Savior before these enemies, is going to be the one God's going to use to strengthen the brethren. So God permits Satan to sift Peter to get rid of some chaff. And the great thing that's in Peter's life that he doesn't know he has is cowardice. Peter was a moral coward, but Peter didn't know it. Peter didn't know it, so he's got to find out. So he's put in a sieve, and he's sifted. And when he gets through, the same man who denied his Lord before a girl stands up and defies the whole Jewish nation. My, what a change. He's been sifted of what? Cowardice. God will put you and me through tests and trials to sift us. What for? To get rid of something that hinders the work of the Spirit of God living and through us, using us someplace, somewhere, to do some special thing for God. We can't do it because there's something in the way. So we're sifted through tests and trials and so on. I hope I made myself clear. Remember this. In Romans chapter 5 and 1 Peter chapter 1, faith is like gold. Faith is not, gold is not destroyed by being put in a, a retort and, and melted down. You melt it down to get rid of the dross that's in there. Faith is never destroyed by tests. Faith is purified by tests. And the Lord is always with us in the test, and he will bring us through the test. And your faith will be much stronger because of the test than it was before. You see, God loves you and me. And God's working out a purpose in you and me. 
and because he's working out a purpose in you and me, we must be sifted. I hope I've made myself very clear to you. Now let's look at Peter. Of course, Peter didn't believe this. Peter thought he was okay. Now let's look at, the, let's look at these steps in Peter's downfall. Whenever you and I think of Peter's downfall, we think of Peter denying his Lord. But you forget, that was the end of the testing, not the beginning. Let's look at the beginning. In verse 33, here's the first test. And Peter said, Lord, I am ready to go with you both into prison and to death. And Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before you have thrice denied that you know me. Now, what was Peter's first step down? Self-confidence. Uh, Peter could say, well, Lord, I'm ready to die for you. I don't know about these other fellows, but I'll tell you one thing, there's one man you can sure depend upon, and that dear old Peter. Lord, you can sure count on me. I'll die for you. I'll go to prison for you. I'll do anything for you. And Jesus said, listen, Peter, you don't know yourself. You just don't know Peter. Before the cock crows tonight, you will deny me three times. Now listen, Peter meant every word of what he said. When Peter says, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death, he meant every word of it. That's his first step down was self-confidence. Now let's look at the next step down. Look at the next step down. You go down to verse, um, from verse 40, right on down to verse 45. I'm not going to read all of it. I'll come back to that afterwards. It's, after, it's Peter I'm after. When the Lord came back in the Garden of Gethsemane, after sweating, as it were, great drops of blood, he rose from prayer, verse 45, and he was come to his disciples, and he found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said unto them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Second step down, he slept when he should have prayed. In verse 40, the Lord said, Pray that you enter not into temptation. Then he withdrew himself from them, came back and found them sleeping. First step down, self-confidence. Second step down, sleeping when he should have prayed. And by the way, Peter was a good sleeper. Do you remember that? Peter slept on the Mount of Transfiguration. He slept in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he slept in jail in Acts chapter 12 when he's going to be beheaded the next day. Peter's a good sleeper, by the way. Now, I think too many of us sleep when we should pray. Do you remember chapter 18, the first verse of Luke's Gospel? Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Uh, and I think maybe if I were to repeat that, changing the wording, uh, this is not a translation, by the way, of that verse, first verse of 18. Men ought always to pray and not to sleep. I think too many of us sleep when we should be praying. Now, I'm not charging anybody with this. I'm just mentioning it. That's the first step. That's the second step down. All right, the third step down. The third step down is a way down in verse 50. In verse 50, I read, They had come to the garden, you remember, and Judas had betrayed the Lord, and one of them smote the servant of the right of the high priest and cut off his right ear. And Jesus answered and said, Suffer ye thus far. And he touched his ear and healed him. Now, I have to go back to John's Gospel, chapter 18, to get this. Peter was the one who drew his sword and, and cut the fellow's ear off. Here is the manifestation of flesh. You see, 
in John 18, the Lord said to the crowd, Who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am. And when he said, I am, they all fell backward to the ground, manifestation of the power of God. Then Peter took a sword and chopped the fellow's ear off. By the way, don't tell me that Peter's a good swordsman. Peter was trying to cut the fellow's head off, and all he got was the ear. Peter's a fisherman. He's not a swordsman. But the marvel of it is manifestation of flesh. Let me go it again. First thing, self-confidence. Second thing, sleeping when he should have prayed. Third thing, manifestation of flesh. He's just got to make a show, do something. The fourth thing, the fourth thing, verse 54. Then they took Jesus and led him and brought him into the high priest's house, and Peter followed afar off. Now let me tell you something. Don't be too hard on Peter. Peter's still following, but he's afar off. There are a lot of Christians who are following the Lord, but they're afar off. How about you? And how about me? I tell you, I have a great, a great sympathy for Peter. And I can just visualize this whole business. Dear Peter, how we love the Lord. And he had to get into something and, get, and do the wrong thing, like many of us. In our zeal for the Lord, we do a lot of wrong things. The Lord understands sometimes when people don't understand. Peter followed afar off. This is the man who said in verse 33, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. And now he's following afar off. The fifth step down. And, he, and when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. He sat down with the enemies of Christ. He not only followed afar off, but he was able to get into the, into the building, into the very room where the Savior was, a large, large room. At one end of the room was the Savior before the council. At the other end of the room were the, the maids and other people standing, soldiers passing at a fire, and they were warming themselves in the middle of the night. And Peter warmed himself at the enemy's fire. Too many Christians are warming themselves at the enemy's fire. And then the sixth thing, his denial. You remember, a certain maid, verse 56, and a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied, saying, Woman, I don't know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, You are also of them. Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour afterwards, Another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he's a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I don't even know what you're talking about. Is this the same dear Simon Peter? Yes, friend. Yes, friend. Self-confidence got his eyes on himself. He slept when he should have prayed. He followed afar off. He sat down with the enemies of Christ. He denied him three times. And notice, notice, first of all, a girl said, You were with him. You were with this man, Jesus. And he said, Woman, I don't know him. I don't know him. Then after a little while, another one said, By the way, aren't you one of them? Don't you belong to this Jesus? He said, Man, I am not. 
than a whole hour afterwards. And remember the Lord at the, at the other end of the room being tried for his life. Of a truth this fellow belongs to him. He's a Galilean. As one version says, your speech betrayeth thee. And Peter says, man, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he yet spake, the cock crew. Three times he denied his Lord. Remember, I'm telling you, his faith didn't fail. His love for the Savior didn't fail. Peter failed. Peter failed. How many Christians really love the Lord and they're trusting the Lord, but they still fail? Now, verse 61, And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the words of the Lord, how he had said to him before the cock crow, You shall deny me three times. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you the question. The Lord turned and looked on Peter. Peter must have been looking at the Lord. Huh? How did the Lord look? I tell you, I don't know. I don't know how the Lord looked. But I know one thing. When Peter saw the Lord looking upon him after the cock crowed, he went out and wept bitterly. Do you think the Lord was sitting, standing there, looking upon Peter with a, a disgust on his face? Oh, that's my Peter, eh? No. It, was it a look of, of censoriousness? Oh, no. It was a look of love. You know, I've oftentimes wondered. I read afterwards, after resurrection, the Lord hath appeared unto Simon also. Nothing is said about that meeting. Nothing is said. You see, Peter was the one who denied his Lord with all sin curses. The other ones didn't, but Peter did. And the Lord loved Peter so much, he had to give Peter a special revelation of himself. Just the two of them. Isn't the Lord wonderful? Even though the Peter says, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know him. The Lord still loved Peter. Friend, friend, Christians fail. Please don't be too hard on them. Christians fail. They're still the object of the Lord's love, compassion, and grace. I'm not saying this will cause you to go out and sin some more. It'll break your heart. Peter went out and wept bitterly. Judas went out from the presence of the Lord and hanged himself. Not Peter. Peter wept bitterly. Peter, heart broke. Why? Because he saw the love, the tenderness, the affection that the Savior had for him. And may I say, Christian friend, he's the same with you. He still loves you with an everlasting love. He loves you right clean through to the end. In spite of your failures and weaknesses, he still loves you. Ah, oh, how we ought to love him. How we ought to obey him. How we ought to walk in the light of his presence. An unsaved man, may I say to you, this is the kind of a saviour we have. He never leaves us, he never forsakes us, and he loves us with an everlasting love. Have you got someone like that? The devil is a poor taskmaster. Saviour is wonderful. 
God grant you'll accept him as your personal savior and pass from death to life. And the Lord bless you today. Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study today. Write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to the Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon 97338. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Radio Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.